My name is Juan Carlos Lozano, and this is season one of the PA podcast, coming to you from Unión del Barrio in San Diego. Buenas tardes, everybody. Good evening. My name is Juan Carlos. This is the Pablo Aceves podcast, and today's episode is on La Independencia de México. Uh, we have very special guests joining us, Joni Lopez, compañera. How are you? I am doing pretty pretty hot on this hot weather today here. <laughs> um, it's been really hot here in San Diego, um, and it rained today, and trying to keep cool. But um, other than that, I'm doing really well. <laughs> compañera, it's an honor, and I, uh, I can't wait to talk to you. And, uh, and yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And also, we have, uh, of course, the executive producer extraordinaire, Harry Simon Salazar, <laughs> Uh, joining us uh, for a dialogue as well. ¿Cómo estás, compañero? What's up, comrade? Chilling, chilling here, you know, what are, chilling. What are, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be doing a little bit of reading today, right? Yeah, we're going to be doing some reading on La Independencia de México. It's, uh, it's a pamphlet from uh, Escuelita Slan, Somo Raza Youth Project. Uh, it's a booklet for political and cultural consciousness written by... Guess who wrote it? <laughs> Guess who wrote it? And you're asking me about it. Guess who wrote it? El maestro. El maestro, <laughs> profesor. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Self-promotion. Don't give me right. stuff. I'm <laughs> no influencer, man. Right. But you got to check that out, though. We're going to be reading this pathway. You can read along to it. La Independencia de México sold uh, in our online, on our online store, uh, uniondelbarrio.org. Check it out, but uh, you it's know. also you know for our uh, compas that are educators or or or, or students of mm -hmm. history, you can download the the text of of uh, the item. But you know if you want to back up, you want to support our community work. Um, we also, as as Juan Carlos, uh, as JC mentioned already, we sell uh, the little booklet, a color booklet on our on our online store. Um, but today we we're gonna read it out loud, and hopefully, and and uh, with compañera Joni's uh, um, wonderful narration. Uh, we intend to make this into right. a video. Um, this is uh, uh, finally we're going to have a video that accompanies this history. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Unión del Barrio uh, through our youth project Somos Raza has uh, a video on the Mexican Revolution. It's got like oh, wow. almost three hundred thousand views. Yeah, it's, it's a big nice. deal. It's used. It's, it's used called to... the People's History of the Mexican Revolution. Right. Uh, it's on YouTube and and it's you know it's been up for a few years. Uh, the, the, we got an original musical score in that one. Uh, our member, Compañera Laura Moreno, is the singer. Oh, wow. She actually sings Shout it. out to Compañera Laura, who, yeah, uh, Laura. who if you've been to show the, uh, the podcast, she was, on a, she was on our previous show on Mecha. So check yeah, that out. Yeah, 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 check yeah, that yeah. Out, but yeah. yeah, I like the fact that we're doing this because um, I'm a student and I rely a lot on, on visual, not only visuals, but also audio. So mm. it does help at least for me to you know grasp more of the history versus just reading it with with no sound effects or whatnot or visuals yeah. Yeah. and keep that in mind so we're not talking about because you know there's different kinds of history we're just talking about that or we we plan to talk about this is the contested versions of history right there's the there's the punk oppressor history and then there's the people's history and so the way you know the difference is that the punk oppressor history is going to make you feel like crap and it's gonna, always going to support the system as it currently exists hmm. that's what the punk oppressor history does that's what they teach in schools that's what uh, people get paid big money to write books about whatever whatever right mm -hmm. people's history gets you pissed and it makes you want to struggle of course. and that's what we do this is what the pod pa podcast what pablo's lived his life on mm -hmm. yes yeah you know raising raising hell raising a ruckus and and changing uh our material objective conditions of oppression and overturning the 
and overturning this, these systems of oppression. And that's what people's history of La Independencia de Mexico is, is going to be, that with, with uh, Compañera Joni's narration, with her permission. Of course. Obviously. Of course. Um, so keep an eye out, Raza, for, for that video. I don't know if it'll come out by this grito, but it'll come out definitely by, by uh, af soon after and, and definitely for 2020. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, there's a lot of work that goes yeah. into that. Shit, I think eh? it will, no, no, and I think it will, and uh, it's gonna be great. I hope you enjoy the episode, but compañera, the mic is all yours. Will do. La Independencia de México. For over 300 years, between 1519 and 1821, the entire country we now know as Mexico was enslaved under the colonial power of Spain. Our people, the natural resources, the land, and our government were all controlled directly under the kings of Spain, who sent their agents throughout our lands to carry out whatever the kings ordered them to do. During that period in history, the Spaniards had all the power over our gente, and they did whatever they wanted with us. They treated the great majority of our people like slaves on our own land, and they stole everything they could to take it back with them to Europe, especially native gold and silver. It has been said that so much silver was stolen from Mexico and other regions of Nuestra America, that a bridge made out of pure silver could have been built over the Atlantic Ocean so a person could walk from Mexico City to Europe and not get their feet wet. In order to erase their thievery from our historical memory, Spaniards spent at least 300 years trying to destroy our indigenous culture, hoping to make us forget the greatness of our native heritage. They burned books, they destroyed pyramids and artifacts, and they forced many of our ancestors to think that Spaniards were superior to Mexicans. The consequences of this colonial violence survives today, so much that we all know some Mexicans who still deny their indigenous heritage and pretend that they are Spanish. Spanish colonizers stole as much of the natural wealth we had in Mexico, silver, gold, jewels, different foods and spices, animal skins, birds, etc., and took it back to Spain. By doing so, they made Spain the richest country in Europe for over a hundred years. In fact, the birth of modern European capitalism was financed with the massive theft of native wealth and centuries of enslavement of African people, a historical moment known as the primitive accumulation stage of global capitalist development. For hundreds of years, our people lived in extreme poverty, enslaved and exploited at the hands of the Spanish Europeans. Indigenous temples and pyramids were destroyed, and on top of the ruins of these indigenous pyramids, Spanish government buildings and Catholic cathedrals were built, often using the same stones pulled off of the original pyramids. Structures and artifacts of the Nahuatl, Maya, Mixtec, Zapotec, and other great civilizations of Mexico were blown apart or burnt to ashes. Though they tried everything they could to wipe out our indigenous heritage, the roots of the Mexica people survived in the rebellious Mexican spirit. The Spanish colonizers, like all colonizers who came after them, refused to understand that you can't build a stable future when that future depends on the oppression of a native people. When oppression exists, resistance will, sooner or later, always be a decisive factor. Late into the night of September 15, 1810, in the small pueblo now called Dolores in the state of Guanajuato, an important event took place that was led by a priest named Miguel Hidalgo y Costilla. That night and into the early morning of the 16th of September, Miguel Hidalgo rang the bells of his church to wake up the people of the pueblo and the surrounding areas. 
When people gathered to find out what was going on, Hidalgo made a revolutionary declaration for the people to fight for freedom, El Grito de Dolores, and his call was heard throughout the country. He yelled out for everyone to hear, Today we reclaim our lives and our future. Today we reclaim a revolution. Viva Mexico! The next day, the 16th of September, Hidalgo announced major social and economic reforms and declared an end to slavery throughout Mexico. To enforce these radical changes, Hidalgo and his followers began a revolutionary march throughout the state of Guanajuato until reaching the capital, Guanajuato City. There, the insurgentes engaged Spanish colonial soldiers in a fierce battle, and in the end, they secured the first major victory of the War of Independence at the military fortress called the Alondiga de Granaditas. This city and this fortress were extremely important to Spanish colonial power. Guanajuato was the location of Mina La Valenciana, which was at that time one of the richest silver mines in the world. During the hundred years before Mexican independence, over 60% of all silver production in the entire world came from La Valenciana. Mexican silver filled bank vaults across Europe, and because the city was so important, the Spanish kings kept their most well-armed and well-trained elite military forces posted in Guanajuato City. Inspired by their major victory in Guanajuato, the insurgentes continued their revolutionary march to Mexico City. Led by Hidalgo and other insurgent leaders, the revolutionaries marched through the Mexican states of Querétaro, Michoacán, Estado de México, Jalisco, Aguascalientes, Coahuila, and Chihuahua. Along the way, the Mexican people responded to this call to fight for freedom from Spain. And soon after the insurgentes had gathered a massive army of over 60,000 poor people. After numerous other victories, the insurgentes were ambushed. Hidalgo was captured and beheaded by the Spaniards on July 30, 1811. After Hidalgo's execution, José María Morelos took command of the insurgent army. Morelos was a brilliant military leader, gaining 22 victories within nine months. Using guerrilla tactics, he won the liberation of most of southern Mexico from Spanish oppression. Morelos then called together the first Mexican Congress, which soon after declared Mexico's independence and drafted the first constitution. Morelos was defeated and captured in 1815 by Spanish troops, who then executed him by firing squad. For a time, the Spanish forces regained control of Guanajuato and in an attempt to terrorize people and keep them from joining the ongoing rebellion, the heads of Hidalgo, Allende, Aldama and Jimenez, other revolutionary leaders, were hung from the outside four corners of the Alondiga de Granaditas fortress in Guanajuato City for 10 years. Despite the widespread use of this kind of Spanish terrorism, the Mexican people continued to resist, and finally, after years of fighting, they won the war in 1821, and Mexico proclaimed its independence from Spain. This history is why El Grito de Dolores and El 16 de Septiembre continue to be a very important commemoration to all Mexicans. This is also why on every September 15th, even 200 years later, we celebrate El Grito. Que muera el mal gobierno, que viva México. Thank you, compañera Joni, for narrating the booklet on La Independencia de México. Now what follows is a series of biographies on prominent figures in the War of Mexican Independence. 
Miguel Hidalgo y Costilla was 57 years old when he became the initiator of the Mexican War of Independence. Even though he was poor, he was very well educated and was a priest and college professor. Padre Hidalgo was an expert on the French Revolution and even spoke Nahuatl fluently. The early morning of the 16th of September, 1810, he and Ignacio Allende decided to make the call for battle against the Spanish in the town of Dolores. From the church square, the bells rang as he called out, Viva nuestra independencia! Viva America! Viva Mexico! Muera el mal gobierno! Mueran los gachupines! Since then, we celebrate El Grito de Independencia, also known as El Grito de Dolores. Hidalgo is credited with raising the spirit of rebellion of Mexicans against oppression. Because of his patriotism, his championing of human rights, and his personal courage, he is considered El Padre de la Patria. José Ortiz de Domínguez is considered the maximum female leader of the War of Independence. She was born in the present-day city of Morelia, Michoacán, on March 19, 1771. She supported the struggle led by Hidalgo and from her home was organized the first rebellion against the Spanish. José María Morelos y Pavón was an insurgent leader and follower of Hidalgo. He was known as the, quote, servant of the motherland, unquote. He was born very poor on September 30th, 1765, in Morelia, Michoacán, which was named in his honor. Morelos was of indigenous and African descent. A former priest, he later became the greatest military and political leader of the War of Independence. After Hidalgo was assassinated, Morelos fought to liberate the states of Michoacán, Guerrero, Oaxaca, Puebla, Estado de México, Veracruz, and Morelos from Spanish control. One of his well-known statements was, quote, Que la esclavitud se proscriba para siempre y lo mismo la distinción de castas, quedando todos iguales y solo distinguirá a un americano de otro el vicio y la virtud, end quote. quote. May slavery be forever forbidden, as well as the separation of our peoples by caste, thereby leaving all equal, and the only difference among one American and another shall be our vices and our virtues. End quote. Mariano Matamoros, also a priest and military leader, was born in Mexico City on August 14, 1770. He was the right hand of Morelos. He fought and liberated the present-day state of Morelos. El Pipila. The first major victory of the insurgentes against Spanish forces was at the Alondiga de Granaditas fortress in Guanajuato City. This victory inspired others to join the insurrection. It was there that the Spanish colonial soldiers had locked themselves in after Hidalgo and 20,000 poor Mexicans had surrounded them. It was the last stronghold of royal troops in Guanajuato. The insurgentes found it impossible to take the fortress until one poor mine worker named Juan José de los Reyes Martínez volunteered to bring down the main gate of the fortress on his own. Juan José, also known as El Pipila, was well known and respected among all the other miners for his unusual strength. Hidden from Spanish gunfire, El Pipila lifted a massive stone onto his back and picked up a torch with his other hand. Using the massive stone as a shield, he walked up to the main gate of the fortress and set it on fire. The gunfire of Spanish colonial troops would just bounce off the stone. When the main gate was burned and fell to the ground, and the insurgentes took control of the old fortress, 
and soon after they took control of the entire city of Guanajuato. Today there is a monument to El Pipila that overlooks the city of Guanajuato. At its base it reads, Aún hay otras alondigas por encender. Vicente Guerrero was the son of an indigenous mother and African father. He was born in the present-day state of Guerrero, named in his honor, on August 10, 1783. After all the other insurgent leaders had been captured and assassinated, Guerrero was the only one that continued to fight against the Spanish invaders. All right, compas, thank you for the narrations of the biographies. Uh, so let, let's jump right into the conversation here on El Día de la Independencia, which is coming up. I know that we have an event here to discuss. Uh, compa, compa Harry, what, what are your thoughts here? Why, is, why, is it, why do you all think it's important to come out for this event on Sunday, September 15th at Chicano Park? No, I think it's important because of the times that we're living in right now. Uh, that it's, a, you, know, you know, Donald Trump here, left and right fascism, you know, straighten your face. They're not hiding anything whatsoever. They're putting our people in cages, killing us, you know, slowly, but surely uh, to the behest of no one, apparently, in this society. So if you haven't heard uh, the message, uh, you know, we got a, aún hay otras alondigas por encender, right? <laughs> and that's the system. So yeah, let's right get this. Right let's get this and come outside uh, to Chicano Park specifically, and Grito de Independencia, September fifteenth, from five p.m. to eight p.m. at Chicano Park. Join us, Raza. Join us, people, because the alarms are ringing. They've been ringing. The bells been ringing, huh? It's like in the grito. The bells, not the alarms. We're both. <laughs> both. And if you ain't ringing the bell, you're getting your bell rung. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like me inspiring. But you. <laughs> So what do you think, Joni? Why do people? Why should people come out? Why should I come out? What's the difference? It's a way of it's a way for you to resist of what's happening, and it's also a way of uh, celebrating your heritage, um, which has not been taught in a lot of our you know high schools and grade schools. Um, but it's also for us to, you know, like like Juan Carlos said, to continue fighting this fascist era that we're living under and, and at the same time it's like learning who we are so that we're able to lead the way um we can have a conversation on how this grito is different from the grito happening with the consulate because everybody and their mom's going to be trying to have a grito you know uh even taco bell is going to be having probably some special commemoration taco some special commemoration taco for 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 the 16th of september but we know that those aren't about struggle when you learn about the history of the, La Independencia, you know then, you realize then that it really is about struggle. It's about militant struggle. It's about militant pro-raza Mexican liberation struggle. And the only grito in all of the of, of, of what is currently known as the United States and the occupied territories, and I would say even arguably in most of Mexico, you're going to have the only one that's really combative and a people's grito is going to be ours. You don't have a, a, a grito with any fake-ass punk politicians or 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 opportunistic uh, individuals trying to hustle and 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 trying to to, to leverage uh the economic power of the raza to their benefit or some misogynistic backwards homophobic locutores like el violin or or all these kind of radio figures that, that self-aggrandizing yeah they have all these like uh, really strong opinions about shit that they shouldn't even be talking about they should oh, shut man. the hell up stay, and stay in, in your lane, lane. Right? yeah stay in your lane <laughs> 
but you know they still talk about Tigrito and they try to get nationalistic and that's that be- that bourgeois nationalism right mm-hmm. is that you know just because they're Mexican they think they're down and that's not how it works yeah. you gotta be down you gotta be a down Mexican to be down not just a, a Mexican and and I think that's a, a key difference about this Grito in, in Chicano Park or the fundamental difference you know we're not gonna have you know liquor companies or cigarette companies or or uh um, hey, you know, hater musicians talking about you know giving out bad messages and stuff. No, it's organic. It's it's organized and it's by the community. You know, una organización que hace trabajo en el barrio. You know, another barrio, thirty-eight years strong. And as well as the estudiantes, and as well as the estudiantes, the youth from Escuelitas Lan who in the past have oh, yeah. you oh, know yeah. help out and you know dealing with whatever way they can, whether setting up or. Um, the Escolta. Oh, the Escolta, right? right. The going to be having. And for those of you and our listeners who don't know what the Escolta is, uh, Somos uh, Escolta is a project of Unión del Barrio that's under the, the our youth work under Somos Raza and Escuela Aslan. It's a, a group of uh, um, typically between uh, 6 to to, to 12 uh, youth who, who, who do uh, uh, the military honors uh, of, of the bandera. The bandera mexicana that delivers the bandera mexicana to the person who's who's delivering the grito that night, and the significance of that is that the the participants, these youth, represent the story of los niños, los niños héroes, and los niños héroes were young cadets, uh, Mexican military cadets that were defending, that were the last defenders of the Castillo de Chapultepec in Mexico City um, during the U.S. invasion of Mexico City by by the Marines. And so when they invaded Mexico City and they're climbing the, the hills of Chapultepec, um, Los Niños Héroes, instead of uh, surrendering, uh, they were the last combatants, instead of surrendering and, and, and surrendering the flag, the combat flag of, of the uh, capital of Mexico, they jumped off the, the hills of Chapultepec in, in self-immolation uh, or self-sacrifice, uh, 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 symbolic self-sacrifice instead of surrendering. And so ever since then, um, and these are real people, we know their names and everything like that. Ever since then, the Escolta, uh, the Bandera, and throughout Mexico has been uh-huh. a, an honor. In Mexico, it's it's something very traditional, mm-hmm. um, and it's usually the the fancy kids or the, the 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 rich kids who get that privilege. On this side of the border, for Raza, for our Escolta, it's the combative kids. It's the young people who are organizing and and doing radical shit in the barrios, and so that's the another key difference. Uh, it's not a bourgeois narrow nationalist kind of celebration of Mexican history. Yeah. It's the people's celebration. It's not a Felipe Calderon type of escorta. Yeah. It's not that type of escorta. Oh, oh, Peña Nieto. <laughs> oh, Peña Nieto, Peña Pendejo, yeah. But come out, come out September 15th. You know, we talk a lot in these days about gentrification and cultural appropriation. You know, a lot of people like to use uh, this date specifically in our heritage and the meaning of this date right. and time to their advantage so you know if you haven't been exposed to uh to to the true heritage and the true history of la independencia de mexico is the number one i advise you to pick up a little pamphlet that we got on our online store at union del barrio.org you know maybe a little four buck donation here and there you know check out our stuff nonetheless la verdad publications you know shout us out hashtag nonetheless uh you know I come and check out the true heritage of this but i i digress i go back to the cultural appropriation and the gentrification how people use it uh, to their benefit when it comes to the specific date september 15th 
call out those people who do that because they're selling out our culture. Son vendidos and they're whack. You know, they you know it's okay to get your hustle. It's okay to get your hustle. No no disrespect. It's okay to get your hustle the way that you do it, you know, but just don't use our people as your just selling point. So come check this out. There's history behind uh, El Grito at Chicano Park specifically. Um, and, and, and again, you know, call it out, <laughs> call it out. But yeah, check us out. September 15th. And we will cool. also be having food. So you can also be supporting, you know, our, um, our efforts to raise money for, to continue have, a, uh, to have these type of events in the future, as well as Escolita Slan, which, you know, it's youth ra- having a race consciousness of their, of their, um, you know, background, their, their roots. Um, and we're also going to be having uh, Mujeres de Resistencia perform, uh, as well as Danza Azteca and other groups, as well as DJ. Um, and and the cool thing about... Is the DJ Huicho coming? I'm not sure which one, or which DJ, but um, I know he has in the past. Um, but also the Grito, uh, the way that we have it, it has a historical context, as well as relevant events that are happening right now. So... Um, I think that's important that we are able to tie both, you know, the past and the present and how it's all tied in. We're still living under similar or, you know, circumstances um, on this side of the border. Also, you know, highlight one of the next shows that we're going to be doing is going to be focusing on. Yeah, we're going to be focusing on, uh, you know, the. the name of this podcast is named after compañero Pablo Aceves, este, his, his, um, you know his one year uh marking of his of his passing is is coming up here and we want to do a commemoration a special podcast just to relive some of those moments that that PA made so memorable and and embedded in many uh many uh many human beings uh here in in Califaslan and Aslan in general uh you know just just relive those beautiful moments with him also take some some context and some historical background on on some of the things that he said and and a lot of the things that, he, that we continue to point out if not everything that we continue to point out as we know in the barrio when we denounce uh, capitalism imperialism and colonialism as the main roots of, of the of the issues here uh, but we are gonna we are gonna have that show and we're very excited uh, we're gonna have a couple of special guests you know some uh, some snippets here and there and a, and a fruitful happy uh, dialogue on his life yeah. and how we continue to be inspired to uh, to to persist uh, and and seek perseverance unless I always I mean the, the, you know he's missed you know we were just there this past weekend yeah, yeah we were just there this past weekend you know just uh, reminiscing, reminiscing how with him. that same the same day that we went to go visit him on um, Sunday marked the one year that we had gone to the beach for the first time last summer we went twice um but that was one of the first times when he just got there dove into the water 15 minutes and then he took off because he had to go to a family event and um and he one thing he said is that he loved he loved the beach and the fact that we live so close to him we hardly see it is it's it's kind of sad um but you know ever since then we've been trying to get little get-togethers in memory of him as he loved the ocean, as he said. Yeah, did so y'all did y'all catch it that uh, his the marker the lapida has been installed? 
Yeah, we did. You saw it? Yeah, yeah it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, His yeah. mom pointed it out. Yeah, we saw his mom um, as soon as we were talking to him like we normally do when we go visit him. And we didn't even realize that his mom was coming towards us. And as soon as we turned to see her, we both started crying. And she thanked us to, um, and said that she really appreciates the fact that she sees compañeros um, that loved him and still continue to love him, you know, show up and, and visit him. She said that it meant a lot to her. And that she sees, you know, the post that we make about him, the radio show, the naming of, of you know, a memory of him. And she was really appreciative of, of those little things. But to us, it's like the world, right? Because Pablo was was that to us. Man, I, I, even, I even gave her a, a, a Las Calles a little yeah, the uh, newsletter. publication, the newsletter that we have for the Chicano-Mexicano Prison Project with Pablo's uh, uh, in memoriam, right? memoriam there so uh if you haven't checked that out as well check that out the chicano mexicano prison project uh, las calles which is our publication las calles de la torcida disculpa uh check that out but but that was a great moment to to just be with paul again you know i told him straight up you know that i missed him and uh you know those words uh those where i'm sure they resound with with a bunch of people but nonetheless that show is going to be coming up in the future you know happy vibes with him because he left much more and he gave a, a bunch of life and he sowed so many seeds, you know, that uh, that is beautiful to see everybody remembering him, you know, through all the social media sites and pe- in person. You know, if you if you knew him, you know, and, and if you haven't known and if you didn't know him, well, you'll get to know him uh, in this next episode. But if you knew him, you know how special he was. And if you're part of the movimiento or if you have any th- association to it, um, I'm sure you'll come across his work because um, he emulated the best. And he, he wanted to see the best in everybody. Just like our compañero mm-hmm. and our chairman Ernesto Bustillos and all our fallen comrades, Patricia Marin, um, Marco Anguiano, and so on and so forth. They will live forever. And we, and like, like they will live forever. Paula said his name will live forever in that pot, in this podcast. But check out our next show. It should be vibrant, just like Paula Seves was. Right on. Right on. That is it for today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please show us some love by posting comments and or sharing or following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Use our handle at Unión del Barrio. The PA Podcast is a bi-monthly program that offers both audio and video content. It is a production of La Verdad Publications, the informational hub of Unión del Barrio. This is part of our ongoing work to keep our communities informed about current events and the most important political issues of the day. It is our hope to break the monopoly of the political information that the corporate media maintains over our communities. Unión del Barrio is a pro-raza liberation political organization, and we dedicate all of our work to organizing and defending the interests of raza communities within the current border of the U.S. You can find out more about us at our organizational webpage at www.uniondelbarrio.org. The editor-in-chief of La Verdad Publications and producer of the PA Podcast is compañero Harry Simón Salazar. Once again, I'm your host, Juan Carlos Lozano, and always remember, the powers and the people and the politics that we address. On behalf of Unión del Barrio, we hope you continue listening to our shows, y que viva la raza.